you weren't here last week, let me introduce myself. My name is John Seibert. I'm Vice President of Programs at a faith-based nonprofit downtown called City Square. Uh, but don't worry, before that I used to preach, so I have done this before. You're in, you're in good hands. Uh, it is a pleasure to be with you over the next few weeks, uh, and I'm really excited about what's going on in the life of this church. And this week, as Matt and Adam talked to me about Mission Collin County and what you're trying to do in that effort, the story that came to my mind is the story of the Good Samaritan. Most of you have heard that story, and you've heard the term Good Samaritan. There's this story in the Bible where this young lawyer comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you've, you've heard the law. Love the Lord your God with everything you have, with everything you are. And love your neighbor as yourself. But the lawyer wants to justify himself, and so he says, well, wait a minute. Define neighbor. Who exactly do I have to consider my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And so Jesus tells this story about a man who was beaten and robbed and left on the side of the road to die. Twice, righteous, moral, religious people walk by and turn a blind eye. But then a Samaritan sees this man's pain and suffering and has compassion on him and takes him and cares for him, binds up his wounds and puts him safely in an inn to recuperate. And Jesus doesn't answer the lawyer's question, who is my neighbor? He poses one himself. Who do you think was a neighbor to this man? And the lawyer says, the one that showed him mercy, and he says, yes, go and do likewise. The crazy thing about this passage is every time I preach it, some Good Samaritan story happens that week in the paper. So sure enough, this week I hear about this story. This prankster who usually pulls crazy pranks on people, this time decides he's going to prank a homeless guy, but for the good. And he's going to take a, a losing lottery ticket and let it become a winner for this homeless man. It's an inspiring story for a number of reasons. One of the reasons it's inspiring is because most people know that, that know that homeless guy just pass by him every day. But on this one day, somebody actually engaged him with enough compassion to invite him to be a part of a scheme of redemption and of restoration. What's also inspiring is the reaction of the homeless man. Let me share this with you, my friend. I've done some evidence-based research on the generosity of the homeless, and so far in my research, 100% of the homeless neighbors that I know are that generous. 
I was hanging out with a homeless guy named Big Richard. This restaurant tour shut down for the night and had a ritual where he would take leftovers to Big Richard. Big Richard gets a hold of the leftovers, says, thanks, bro. Starts passing it down to three other homeless buds sitting on the bench. My homeless friend, Blue. Anytime I give anything to Blue, Blue takes it to the corner of Dawson and Malcolm X where he knows his buds will hang out so he can share with the rest of them. It's an inspiring story. It's a story that's been described in the newspaper and on the radios this week as a good Samaritan story. But I've got to be honest, the last time I preached this text was in 2010. It was summertime. And the actual Sunday morning that I was to preach this text, there was another Good Samaritan story in the Dallas Morning News that day. In the wee hours Saturday morning, a homeless man was beaten and robbed for all the money he had in the world, $150. The paramedics and police came. He was able to identify his attackers, to describe them, and then he was taken to the hospital. Sounds just like the Good Samaritan story in Luke 10, doesn't it? Except this time, he didn't recuperate in an inn somewhere. He died that night of his injuries. There was too much swelling in his brain from the beating he took. And that night he took his last breath. That same week in the paper, there was an article about how much the city of Dallas cared for the homeless, for people like that guy. I don't know if he ever knew how much they cared, but the plan was to build hundreds of units of permanent supportive housing. There's this crazy notion that the way you end homelessness is to give people houses. I tend to espouse that notion, that the cure for homelessness is housing. And the city of Dallas was going to build hundreds of units of permanent supportive housing so that homeless people would stabilize off of the streets. Sounds like a great idea until a group like City Square goes into partnership with a developer to develop the old Plaza Hotel right there south of I-30. It's been sitting there vacant for years and years. And then permanent supportive housing doesn't sound very good to the Cedars Neighbor Association right there. And they kill 200 units of permanent supportive housing with the chant we hear so often, not in my backyard. Around that same time, some units were built in Oak Cliff, the Oak Cliff Manor Apartments. Hundreds of units where hundreds of people could experience the Good Samaritan story. But the day they move in, they're met with chants from the neighborhood. Not in our backyard. 
A year later, they would go back and they would interview neighbors and say, has this been as bad as you thought? Has this ruined the neighborhood like you predicted? And they had to confess, no, it has not. At that exact same time, the Samaritan Inn, the homeless shelter that you know well in Collin County, tried to expand and open a shelter in Plano. And yet again, it's met with that chant. Not in our backyard. You see, the Good Samaritan story is so heartwarming and inspiring until the end is put in our neighborhood. And then we don't like this story so much. And perhaps that's the reason that more folks like the man that was blessed on the video aren't blessed in our community today. Perhaps that's why there's a shortage of Good Samaritans for so many of our needy and broken neighbors, those who are homeless, those who are unemployed, those who are lonely, those who are abused, those who are addicted. The reason encounters like what we saw today on the video aren't more common is because most of the time we ask the wrong question. The question we tend to ask is, who is my neighbor? We want to live next to good people, the right kind of people, in the right kind of neighborhoods. We want our kids to go to exemplary schools. We prefer to be as far away from crime as possible. And so what kind of neighborhood we choose is essential. It's essential to the flourishing of our kids, to having the type of environment we want to live in and raise a family in. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about who should be our neighbors? Who will we consider neighbors? And if you pick correctly, then when spring break rolls around like it has for us this week, my wife and kids are at home loading up the minivan. Usually I get in on that action, but you guys have spared me from that today. We're headed straight to Nashville, Tennessee to see family. And if you live in a good neighborhood, you can just ask your neighbors, hey, watch the house, pick up the mail, look after things for us. But when the only question we ask is, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? We find ourselves turning a blind eye to those who are broken and hurting and beaten right there in our path. And so Jesus says, it's time to start asking the right question. And the question is not, who is my neighbor? The question is, whose neighbor am I? 
Am I a neighbor? We live in a society where the goal is upward mobility. And the words of Jesus constantly challenge us because Jesus chose a path of downward mobility. He says earlier in the Gospel of Luke, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and your children will be of the Most High. For the Most High is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the kind of neighbor Jesus calls us to be. And he tells us that as Christians, we will not distinguish ourselves by being good neighbors to those who can be good neighbors to us. Now, what sets us apart is when we're in that neighborhood association meeting and those who are needy and broken are portrayed as the enemy, that we put Jesus' words into actions and we love our enemy, the one who threatens our property values, the exemplary school rating, and our suburb's prestigious place in D Magazine. That is how the love of God sets us apart from some of the good folks in our community. We don't just love those who can love us. We're not just good neighbors to our good neighbors. No, Jesus says, go and do like this Samaritan. Now, we've heard this story so many times, the word Samaritan doesn't make us wince. If somebody calls you a good Samaritan, 
You receive that as a compliment, don't you? For this young lawyer, when the priest and the Levite are the ones who fail to show love and the person who is good is a no-good Samaritan, it is scandalous. He's told, go and love people like the outsider does. So imagine instead that today I said, the good militant feminist lesbian agnostic. Go and do as she does. And let's more than imagine, I actually have a friend that is a militant feminist lesbian agnostic. She runs food programs for low-income kids. She works each and every day to make sure kids that don't have enough food get fed. And I really blow her mind because she doesn't want to like me, and she does. But she grew up in a very rigid, judgmental, religious environment. And when she thinks of religion or Christianity in particular, she thinks judgment, hatred, rejection. And yet, she and I both feel called to love hurting and broken people. And one day I was talking to her and I said, I'm going to call you something you may have never been called in your life. You know what you are? You're a minister. I told her, here's what we believe at City Square. We believe when we enter into a neighborhood that the Word of God takes flesh and dwells among people. Just like John chapter 1 says, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God's Word takes flesh and blood and literally moves into the neighborhood. And because of that, we have seen God's glory full of grace and truth. And so at City Square, when we move into a new low-income neighborhood, our hope and prayer is that people will see the glory of God's love full of grace and truth, because we will embody that love in flesh and blood ways. And I told my friend, you may not believe in God, but God believes in you and believes in what you're doing and believes that his love needs to take flesh like that. So I'm going to call you a minister. And I know that's going to drive you crazy. And she said, John, you know, I don't share your faith, but but here's what I believe in. It's like the story of this guy. His plane crashed in the Arctic tundra. And one day he's having a few drinks in a bar and a priest sits down next to him and he says, oh, let me tell you what, I don't believe in God anymore. My plane wrecked out in the tundra and I prayed and prayed and asked God to do something and God never did a thing. And the priest said, well, I don't understand. I mean, you didn't die. You're here, right here next to me having a drink. He said, well, yeah, that's because some dadgum Eskimo came by. And my friend said to me, John, that's what I believe. We're each other's Eskimos. I said, man, that's a great story. 
You know, Jesus told stories just like that. They're called parables. And I can hear him saying that exact thing. And I told my friend, I said, the only difference between you and me is I believe God was the one at work in the Eskimo. So if a militant feminist lesbian agnostic can go into the world and care for broken, hurting people in her past, surely you and I can. And that is the goal of Mission Collin County. To love where you live and to not worry about who is your neighbor, but worry about whose neighbor are you. Will you love as much as my lesbian, militant, feminist, agnostic friend loves hungry kids? Will you love broken and hurting people where you live? That is the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus says, go, do likewise. Thank you, John. You know, the reality is so often we hear a message from God's Word, and it's thought-provoking, it's, in, it's challenging, it's enlightening. But so often we just walk out of this room and we go back to living our daily lives. This morning is different the message that God had to share with us this morning through John Seibert is something that we can truly take and go and experience and live out right now. Through something you've been hearing about for the last month or so called Mission Collin County. If you believe the words and the story that John shared this morning, if you believe that is the way the God that we serve and the Savior that came and saved us has called us to live our life. And I want you to be a part of Mission Collin County starting this Wednesday, March the 12th. It's going to be a phenomenal week, March the 12th through the 19th, crossing over the two weeks of spring break here in Collin County. We're going to have t-shirts that we wear. One of the very important things that I believe is when we go out into the community, I want them to know who we are and why we're there. These t-shirts help acknowledge the fact that we are here because of a greater purpose and because of an amazing God. These shirts draw us together and communicate a message to the community. While we are participating in Mission Collin County, there's some amazing organizations that we're going to be working with. Because here's, here's another reality, church, and that is this. The church is not on the front lines in fighting the war in the world. I think we like to pretend we are, but the reality is not. So many of the organizations that were here this past Sunday 
for Community Partners Day. And many of the organizations that we're going to be working with for Mission Collin County, they are, in fact, on the front lines. They are waging war against homelessness, against hunger, against brokenness, against sin, against abandonment, abuse, neglect. The realities of the world that we live in today, these organizations are on the front line fighting against that in the name of Jesus Christ. And what they need, church, is people to come alongside them and be the church. And so that's the opportunity we have and the challenge that's been laid before us. So what does that look like? Well, first of all, we're going to participate with an organization called Habitat for Humanity. Many of you are familiar with the work that they do. They transform lives through the gift of a home. As John pointed out, if you have a desire to do something about homelessness, then one of the very simple things you can do is build homes. Habitat for Humanity works with families to change the course of life for generations to come, to change the brokenness, to course correct for families who otherwise would be homeless and provide children and grandchildren and generations to come the opportunity for a new start. We're going to have an opportunity to work on some different homes and help during this, uh, during this next week. One of the other organizations we're going to be working with is Allen Community Outreach, ACO. Many of you are familiar with them. We're going to be working with their resale shop. We're going to be working with their food pantry. We're going to be going out in the community on behalf of ACO and helping with the collecting and gathering of things, helping spread the word of the ministry that Allen Community Outreach does to help so many needy families in our community, help to provide food for those that are hungry, clothes for families and children that don't have them. Another organization we're working with is Shiloh Place. Shiloh Place is a women's shelter in McKinney. It's a small women's shelter just getting its feet underneath it. But it is doing amazing things in the lives of women and children who have been abused and neglected and left for dead through broken relationships and abusive husbands. These women now have a chance at a fresh start, a new life, through the great ministry and the work of the Shiloh Place. We're going to come and partner with them, and we're going to do some work at their facility to help them continue to grow and expand their ministry. But one of the other neat things we're going to be doing is we're actually going to be having some of the women and their children that are a part of Shiloh Place come and serve with us. Because as John shared, those that have been given and those that receive have a great desire to give back and to continue helping And these women want to do that. They don't have a lot to offer. At least they don't think they do. But they're going to come and be a part of something we're going to be doing on Saturday, March the 15th. So not only are we serving them, but we're also going to be able to serve alongside them as we serve our community. Another organization is the Boys and Girls Club of America. We're going to be working with them this week through some special spring break mentoring programs that they have. Different activities that will be going on Uh, during this week, and being able to reach out. The Boys and Girls Club of America works to help those extremely marginalized children, those teens and children on the verge of destruction, okay, the high-risk kids in our community. 
this organization says we care about them and we're going to do whatever we can to try to save them. Again, changing the course of life and being a part of transformation. Another organization we're working with is Live Love Allen. We're going to be doing some things with the city of Allen here and helping refurbish some homes and, uh, and do some great things for families who are in need and unable to take care of their homes and, uh, and fix them up and, and help them uh, continue to have uh, safe and healthy places to live. Meals on Wheels is another organization that we're going to be working with, providing food for those that can't feed themselves or provide for themselves. Whether they be senior citizens or special needs individuals unable to care for themselves, the Mills on Wheels ministry here in Collin County is unbelievable. Lots of organizations are involved in it, but there's one place in McKinney that actually provides the food for thousands of people throughout Collin County. We're going to send some people up there to be a part of, of doing the work partnering with them, volunteering, and working alongside of them as they help prepare thousands of meals. But we're also, through every one of these organizations, we're going to see opportunities for our church to continue because this is not about one day or one week. This is about 365 days a year living a life of service and caring for those in our community. The final thing that, uh, that we're going to be doing is, is working um, in conjunction with something with Boyd Elementary School to provide one of the things that I think is the most cool of all. We're going to be having a community day. We're going to throw a party over at the Boyd neighborhood. We're going to have food and, and uh, bounce houses and music and prizes, and we're going to do all kinds of amazing things over there. We're going to have a great time. We're gonna, one of the things we're going to do on, on this coming Friday is we're going to invite the neighborhood the apartment complexes, and everyone to come and be a part of what we're doing. And the reason for this party is simply to celebrate that we are neighbors, that you are my neighbor and I am yours, and this is our community. We're celebrating Community Day. The city of Allen heard about it, and they said, hey, can we be a part of that? That's awesome. I'm so glad you guys are doing that. Another church called me and said, hey, I heard what you guys are doing. Could we maybe be a part of something like that? Church, the message that John shared this morning, I had no idea what he was ultimately going to say. But God, through him, spoke clearly to the point of what we're trying to be. We're trying to be neighbors. We're trying to care for everyone where we live here in Collin County. If you've got your bulletin, pull it out real quick. Look on the front page. I believe there is information. There is, there is quest answers to every question I hope that you have. If you have others, please let me know and I will answer them for you. But there is very specific details about what our plan is, what we are going to be doing. The schedule of the day is there, when we're going to be doing it, at what point during the day. We're going to be working with these organizations every single day of the week, starting Wednesday the 12th, Thursday and Friday and Saturday, taking Sunday off, and then picking back up the following Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. There is a cost associated with this. Some of the expenses are budgeted, others are not. But at the end of the day, I want everyone to hear me very clearly. I will accept a lot of excuses as to why you can't participate in Mission Collin County. But money is not one. The leadership of this church has said from the very beginning that money is never going to be a reason 
why you don't have an opportunity to be a part of what God's doing here at Greenville Oaks. If this is not something you can afford for yourself or for your family, I want you to register and we'll work it out. I'm not worried about the money. God will provide the money. If your heart has been called to be a part of this, this week, this mission, this experience, this project, then I want you to do it. And I don't want you to let any other reason keep you from doing it, especially money. Are we clear on that? You give me lots of excuses and I'll say, okay, money's not one I'm going to accept. So here's the challenge. Will you join us? Will you actually believe the words that were shared this morning? Enough to live it in your life? Will you accept the calling that Jesus Christ has laid before each and every one of us to love our neighbor? And will you see the purpose of your life as being much bigger than just taking care of you? That's the challenge. Mission Cullen County starts Wednesday, March the 12th. There's kiosks around the building that you can go and register. This afternoon, you're going to receive an email with a link to go and register yourself or your family. I ask you to strongly consider being a part of this. I hope we have so many show up that I panic like crazy about what I'm going to do with all of you. I'll gladly take that challenge. There are so many great things to do, and there are so many families in need right here where we live in Collin County, Texas. Will you join us as we seek to follow the mission that God has laid before us to love our neighbors? Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for laying that out for us. Let's pray. Our dear God and Father, we we give you thanks. We thank you for what you've done for us and how you provide for us. Father, we've asked you many times for opportunities to show our faith. Not because of things we want to do to make you happy with us, Father, but because what you've done for us, we want to do them. We thank you that you give us opportunities, and Mission Collin County is one of those, Father, and I just pray that many, many, many of us will take advantage of this opportunity to serve those in our, in our neighborhoods. By serving them, Father, we'll be serving you. Father, be with those that will be served. Will you prepare their hearts, Father, to receive a blessing from you? Father, give us opportunities to, to plant seeds about you and, and let us watch you make the harvest. Father, help us to know what to say in every situation. that will give you praise and glory in all that we do. Father, we thank you for this congregation. We thank you for the love and the unity, the relationships, for opportunities to do service 
not only in Mission Collin County, but through our connecting point groups and other avenues. Father, we know there are those who are ill, those who are in sorrow over loss of loved ones, and we ask that as you know their hearts, Father, that you would bless them in their own individual needs. Father, we thank you for those among us who are serving our nation, who are protecting us. Will you protect them, Father, and bring them back to us safely? Father, our minds are on a, a, an apparent tragedy that has happened to the airliner between Malaysia and Beijing. Father, we don't know for sure what happened, but if there's any possible way, Father, would you perform a miracle and let that plane be found and those who are on it be safe? Father, be with those who are so concerned about their loved ones now. Would you give them comfort? Would you give them peace? Father, we just lift them up to you today. Thank you for Jesus. It's his name we pray. Amen. We do things that we, that we can do, like for Mission Collin County, because of what God has done for us. Let me just close with words from Paul to the church at Galatia to remind us of what we have and why we should be thankful for it. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Have a blessed week.